are you ready to dive into a world of captivating conversations and insightful perspectives with Leap Listens? I'm Sarah and I'm joined by my co-host Roger. Hello. And together we'll be your guides through our third podcast series. Leap Listens is proudly presented by Leap Create, a dynamic people communications agency that partners with organizations to communicate their unique culture and values. Check us out at leapcreate.co.uk. So join us as we explore the latest trends, share success stories and uncover the secrets of effective communications in the workplace in just 15 minutes or maybe a little bit more. Today we're going to be talking to Jan Back, an employer branding specialist, and we're going to be talking about bringing your EVP, your employer value proposition, to life. So welcome Jan to the podcast. Good morning to you both. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be doing this on a Monday morning. Excellent. We are too. So Jan, tell us about you. Yeah, as you said, I'm Jan Back. I live in Cambridge in the UK with my husband and my two children. I've got Johnny, who's 14 and football mad. And then I've got Maisie, who's my sassy 10 year old. We've got two dogs, Lulu, my Maltese. And for something in my sins, I took on a new British bulldog puppy. He's called Hank and proper crazy. So lots of reasons why we need lots of fresh air in our house and to get out and about. I've been in marketing communications and in management now for about well, just over 20 years I'd say and I'm very fortunate to have done a range of industries during that time including working in the large CROs some of the pharmaceutical businesses and I've got great exposure to some of the sort of real world evidence rare diseases data science digital signage IPTV and done quite a stint in retail so my experience is quite broad for the last five years really out of that I'd say that's where the focus on employer branding and recruitment has come in. I'm sure as you've talked to many people, we all come into employer branding from a different space. And I didn't come in through the recruitment angle. To be honest, I knew very little about recruitment. The focus really for me was more about communications and sort of branding and people. During the pandemic, I took a role at AstraZeneca looking after their UK hub. And that's very much their employer branding and um, recruitment marketing. It sits within their TAC department and you're ultimately responsible for everything they do with the employer brand. And you have to then look at how you deliver that core messaging in a compelling way. Really what it means is that you're the ambassador, advisor and custodian of everything employer branding across the UK. And one of those main things really is to help with a global toolkit that focuses specifically on UK aspects and then the talent acquisition team can use these within their daily activities like templates and candidate packs. They work very closely with us on identifying key digital channels and then you do targeted marketing campaigns to help drive attraction. I was very fortunate in this role that AstraZeneca had spent a lot of time and resource building a new EVP out themselves. And it was hugely insightful to see how this is rolled out in a global business. And then obviously looking at that change management, that maintenance of that. And for me, very, very stressful time because it was right on top of Brexit. And also, we, as we all know, the COVID restrictions and things came very apparent during that window So we then had obviously an immediate need for double hires across the UK. So that was very exciting. And we can touch on a few lessons learned within that today. And for the last two years, I've been the global recruitment marketing partner for a very large US CRO called Par Excel. 
predominantly looking after the outsourcing arm, which is known as functional service provision. And really, that's where the large pharma companies are conducting clinical trials, and they use Parexcel FSP to help them resource that. So again, they're delivering a huge array of marketing plans and initiatives to help get the best talent in the market to fill these. You have to champion the brands and work cross-functionally, because obviously there is a core brand across Parexcel as well. And then I think the other thing I'd say probably about me is that I am hugely uh, passionate about diversity, equity and inclusion. And I've had quite an active role in both of these jobs. But I was the communications lead for Parexcel, looking after Ireland and the UK, helping people have a voice if they're not able to do it themselves. So that's a little bit about me. Marvellous. Thank you. Um, so the title of this podcast is, as Sarah said, about bringing the EVP to life. And we assume that most people listening to this are in the kind of recruitment, marketing, employer branding space. But just for those listeners who may not know what an EVP actually is, could you just explain it or at least your definition of an employer value proposition? Yeah, I mean, as you said, the acronym does speak employee value proposition, but can leave many people wondering what on earth does that consist of? And really, I think it's just a unique and compelling set of benefits and values that a company offers employees in exchange for their commitment to work. I think that's as simple as I would say it. So you're trying to take what the business sees as their values and help portray that to an identified target audience of people you want to come and work. So, Jan, tell us how does an EVP really come to life? I love this question. (laughs) There's lots of ways to bring an EVP to life. But I think fundamentally, before we start, all employer branding must start from inside. Any company must answer the why first. Why should we go and work for them? Knowing who they are and what they stand for and what their values are helps us decide if we are a good culture fit for them. And then what they are expecting from us is to help bring those values to life every day. And and our next question was actually about the key elements of an effective EVP. And I, I suppose that does really cover off that in answering it. So when you go about creating one, how do you make sure that it accurately reflects your values and is something that resonates with potential candidates? So this is, yeah, this is a really good question. And I I would say I put this into almost key steps that need to be done to ensure that that EVP will be effective. So if we break that down um, really simply today, just for our listeners, I think number one is to define the company values. And I think all I'd say here with these is really keep them authentic. Think about what those values are. And are they really what the company is like? You know, is it a good cultural fit? You know, don't lie, basically, because very quickly that will that will be very apparent. I think number two is conduct research. I think it's really important that you understand what the potential candidates are looking for from that workplace. And you've got to do research with that. And then here's the exciting bit, I think, with number three develop your EVP messaging. So you can take components of that research, you can then develop the message, and then you can really 
communicate your company's unique value proposition. I think like you said, with any messaging, it always needs to be concise, clear and focused. And you're really looking to offer employees something really enticing. I'm going to use the word authentic again here. Be authentic and make sure it does align with the values and culture. If the culture is toxic, all of this wording will soon be found. You will attract the talent, but you won't be able to keep it. So the sooner you make people aware of what sort of environment they're coming in, the better. I think the fourth thing with an EVP is you've got to test that messaging. And the best way to do that is to look at a focus group of potential candidates. Use that as a way to test that the messaging is resonating with them. And then really look at areas for where that messaging can be redefined or repurposed, perhaps, or even look at where you need to make those expectations a little bit more clearer for those candidates. Just on that, would you um, recommend any internal focus groups? So you said about in potential candidates, but would you look to check internally that that also resonates with people that are currently working there? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You can't have an EVP without an in, I would say, without a dedicated task force already assigned with you within the business. I would have already assumed that there would be a good project team aligned for this and helping you with that. Because if the existing internal employees don't agree with that, what the culture's like, what the what their day-to-day -day life is, you know, what brings and motivates them to work. Whatever you are jazzing up, if it's not reflective, won't fly anyway when you come to help build the content plans, you know, really bring that EVP to life. You need employees to help you with authentic content. And if they're not bought in, you're going to really struggle to get that EVP to fly. But this really ties in with what you're saying is you obviously need to continuously evaluate and and refine that. So there'll never be just like a one time effort. So you might have your framework, you might have your values. But this is really where I'd say it's important to get feedback from the employees and the candidates that are using this messaging and you know, are working within that space and actually ask them if the EVP needs to be adapted or changed to reflect expectations. And I think it's fine, Roger, to do that. And it shows that you're committed and you're really trusting your employees' voices. It's excellent. It's really great advice. So, Jan, you talked before about you launched an EVP and then obviously then the pandemic hit us. How do you think the pandemic has affected the way companies approach their EVP? And, and do you have any knowledge in terms of new trends or strategies that have emerged since the pandemic has happened? Yeah, I mean, this was a great, a great question. I think one of the lessons that I think everybody learned very quickly, and as we all move straight away to obviously, you know, that remote working and not being allowed to travel, etc. I think the first thing most businesses then really had to, to understand is that the digital channels became super important. And your competitors as well are all doing the same. So you really needed to find something to stand out for the crowd and I think the biggest difference when you look at an EVP that was 
changed i mean uh, again i'd say to you we we obviously the evp was drafted but the way that it was as roger said how do you feed that to your employees how was it bought on what was that delivery like the there had to be a change plan to get that globally across the business to be able to deliver that online basically which hadn't been the plan at all so as people took a greater emphasis on remote work the health and safety aspects of their employees. Um, we all know that mental health was a big issue during that with people really, a lot of people struggling to be at home full time. Their whole routines were impacted. And then obviously the use of technology today, you know, there is some amazing platforms and tools out there now that allow businesses to really store and use and use their data. Within the project that we use particularly, we use Paperfly which is um, great. It was able to contain all of the created messaging and assets. And what you do is you sign accounts to those allowed. So for us, predominantly, the test rollout was with talent acquisition. And um, you're able to work with much smaller groups of people to almost get those ambassadors, if you like, on board first and get that confidence going and also run through any you know, technical hiccups or tweaks or anything that were needed. And then obviously by that you get adoption, which is fab. And I think as a result of that today, I really believe that the companies can adapt those EVPs looking at the trends and priorities and it will help them be more successful when they're looking at bringing in and, or, and retaining obviously top talent post-pandemic. Yeah, it sounds like you've been really experienced in developing the frameworks and structures around the value propositions. Have you got any advice that you'd give companies who are looking to develop one at the moment and how you refine that and also some of the common pitfalls to avoid and, and steps that companies should take to ensure that it's compelling and effective? And I know that you've, you've covered some of this already, but it'd be great to get your advice to people and understand some of the mistakes that people make. So I do, I think firstly, I think it's really important to say that employer branding is important for a business regardless of the size. And I really do think it needs to have somebody leading employer branding that's got an authoritative voice within the business that can really help create that uh, that kind of strategy that's needed for the EVP but that can also go back to the leadership team about the values and really try and connect with them to make sure they are real. One of the questions I think we're always asked in in our area is who owns an EVP and that itself Roger as you know is a whole nother topic. The department that's assigned to it could be marketing, it could be HR, it could be talent acquisition and I'm pretty sure people will give you some arguments for each but I think what's fundamentally important within the business is is that we know the EVP's job is to help attract and retain employees and good talent. When you're trying to develop something effectively, you still got to have a strategic approach to it. And that's where we've talked about components. So, you know, you've got to take the value. You must involve the employees in the process. Again, I'm going to use the word authentic. Please keep it authentic. Be specific and compelling. And when I say compelling, this part is so important when you want to bring it to life. This is where you need storytelling. And this is where you will then go on to build your content strategy. But what you will be doing is utilising the existing employees and bringing to life their day in a life of, or their journeys, or their project experience, and helping 
get those to a hugely compelling and insightful tone will get people really engaged. And I think, yeah, this is something our listeners just might want to note down. I really think there's only three pitfalls, Roger. And I think I think any good communications person or a person that's been in management for, for long enough will resonate with them anyway. And I think the first one is being too generic. There's nothing worse than reading something that's just, you know, waffly, like for like for a competitor or really has no substance in it. It doesn't give you any added value and it won't excite you. I think overpromising, as we know, is something that is not sustainable. I think with the EVP, the goal is to I to use language and get people to decide if they're opting in for your type of business or open arms running in really wanting to join you and the same running the other way if it doesn't fit you know if you're not flexible if you don't have good packages for your healthcare and whatever don't write those things because very quickly it, it will be apparent that they're not available and it won't be a good fit so it's just a waste of everybody's time and then I know Roger this is something you are yourself very passionate about I mean you touched on it before but again if you don't involve the employees in the process they will not they will not give you their buy-in or support and again fundamentally that's what you need because you will need to start with ambassadors and great content and people willing to share their story and I think if you do any of those three the EVP will fail at some point anyway. Yeah I think Jan you've got absolutely bags of experience in developing an EVP and that's really apparent from the talk that we've had today. I feel like we could go on another another 15 minutes but to to end the podcast Jan we always ask our listeners what are their top reads and listens? There is a really great HubSpot lady called Ashley Gergo, and she did a podcast where she talks about how to keep employer branding relevant, where she looks at like the challenges, advantages uh, and best practice. So what she really is looking for is sort of the balance between culture and functional appeal for recruitment. So I think that's a really good listen for those that prefer the podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with a book called Give and Get. I remember reading this quite early on in my career mm -hmm. and that had a really good foundation for people looking really at setting up EVPs and where to start with strategies. So I think that would be the book I would recommend here. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, Jan, thank you so much for chatting to us today. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Excellent. Yeah, so so much good advice there for the listeners. So we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more expert insights, check out our other Bite Size episodes. Perfect for micro learners and those with a short attention span, just like me. And if you're interested in being a guest, reach out to us at leapcreate.co.uk. See you next time. Mm -hmm.